0: Hello, my name's Tim Howells and welcome to the fourth of five short interviews with contributors to the 2013 book, Sacrifice and Modern Thought, available now via Oxford University Press. For more information about the contributor or the book itself, or to get in touch, please visit the website for the Faculty of Theology and Religion at the University of Oxford. This can be found at theology.ox.ac.uk. We hope you enjoy the recording. Well, for our fourth interview, I'm very pleased to be here with Dr. Laura Rival, who is a lecturer in the Institute of Social and Cultural Anthropology here at the University of Oxford. Laura, thank you very much for your time. Now, so far, we've had a number of contributors who have been looking, perhaps at a very theoretical level, at the issue of sacrifice, But with your chapters, we ground into a very specific historical moment. Um, And in particular, we're looking at the phenomenon of human sacrifice. So um, just as we begin, as an opening question, could you um, tell us a little bit which historical period we're looking at with your chapter?
1: We're looking at... About eighty years before the Spaniards arrived in in Mexico, so yes. we're looking at uh, mid fifteenth century. The fifteenth century, I would say, yes. on the whole, yeah. So this uh, is all a... the way to fifteen hundred and twenty. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: So this is the um, the Aztec culture in Mesoamerica, what we now know as Mexico, and so on. Um, now, you provide some wonderful um, historical detail into this phenomenon of human, and it really is human sacrifice that we're talking about here um, that was going on at this period. Um, let me just um, throw a few questions about these, the detail of this to you, if I may. Um, so, first of all, who was being selected for human sacrifice at this period?
1: Yeah, so first of all I think I need to say that I'm not a specialist of the region. Normally you would have an archaeologist or a historian writing about these things. I am an Amazonianist, I'm a specialist of the Amazon region and in fact this piece for me was experimental It's the very first time in my career that I write about something which is not something I have observed directly, Mm -hmm. something which is based on things that have nothing to do with Amazonia. Mm -hmm. First time in my life, so it was quite daring for me. Um, But I was able to do this because it's quite an extraordinary story that when the Spaniards arrived in Mexico the whole system of the Aztec empire collapsed and obviously their great rituals of human sacrifice which as westerners we find totally gory obviously horrifying completely ended in the two three decades following their arrival And very quickly, priests, Catholic priests from Spain were sent um, to try to convert them to Catholicism. And we could argue that one of his priests, called Saragón, is actually the first anthropologist in the world, because he spent all his life living and working with the descendants of the Aztecs, documenting their lives, their beliefs, their rituals. And he published a monumental document that is so very detailed um, that, of course, was written 80 years after the end of the human sacrifices, but collecting a lot of um, testimonies. Uh, from uh, the the direct descendants of people who had performed it. Mm -hmm. So when culturally this sacrificial complex was still very alive, Mm -hmm. and it's on the basis of this unique document, Mm -hmm. plus other less detailed documents produced by other priests, other travelers, other Spaniards who were in the area and the formidable codices that the um, Nahua speakers were still producing uh, during this early period of uh, the colonial uh, Mexico. Was that he
0: writing at the request of the Spanish government? Um, was it a report back? As
1: no, it no, it was very much something that he had a, pas- a passion about. He wanted to understand them. Yeah. He, he spoke the language very well. Um, and, and so these documents are extraordinary because they are a mixture of uh, Nahua words, uh, mm. poetry, mm. Um, and Nawa drawings as well, mixed with s- Spanish already, uh, and uh, literate forms from Europe. So it's a very unique form of syncretic document mm. that we have. We cannot say that he was doing it for the crown or for his own mission. He was very much doing it as a scholar, um, with a genuine ethnographic, anthropological interest in what kind of humans the Aztec were. And with empathy, for him, obviously, it was totally horrifying what they were doing. But he was trying to understand the logic of their beliefs Mm. and their spirituality, Mm. I suppose, as well, and their medicine. He did a lot of medical records as well.
0: It's fascinating because we've already considered Mm. um, Henri Hubert and Marcel Mauss, these classic armchair anthropologists and so on from the 19th and 20th centuries. And here we have someone who is actually witnessing with his own eyes. Mm-hmm. So, let's get into the, as you say, the the gory detail. Could you just briefly outline what was happening?
1: Right. So, the way I think about what was happening is obviously based on Sergon's and a lot of the documents I have read. So, I base myself on a lot of secondary literature. But I base myself as well on My drive to try to understand the conception of what it is to be a human, Um, and that is inspired by my own fieldwork in the Amazon, so I could almost say that I try to reconstruct this as if I was an Amazonian indigenous person, (laughs) you know, traveling in time and space and arriving at the bottom of these pyramids and trying to make sense of what I was observing. So what I argue in my chapter is that to understand Aztec human sacrifice, you have to disentangle forms of sacrifice. It's not just one single category. And I argue that, in fact, there are two complementary, very different kinds of sacrifice the sacrifice of warriors who were caught in the battlefield. And you have to understand that those were sacred wars. They were not just wars of conquest, um, rational wars for gain, as we think about them as Westerners. And so you had captured, valiant, courageous uh, Nawa speakers. Um, uh, warriors who were sacrificed through heart excision and alongside of this you had very different kinds of sacrifice which are lumped together uh, because they were performed in accordance to the religious agricultural ritual calendar Mm -hmm. and those were the sacrifice of women and slaves, who could be either men or women, who were sacrificed as images of the gods. So these rituals were like enacting the myths Mm. of the Aztec pantheon. And those, I I argue very boldly, because obviously I have very little evidence, (laughs) material evidence of that, but archaeologists have given me enough to be bold enough for making the argument that in those sacrifices um, it was a beheading. Mm. So the head was taken before the heart, Mm. and the heart was not always excised, although we cannot be sure Mm. of
0: that. So we have two very different models there, Mm -hmm. as it were. A A valiant warrior captured in a particular form of war, who was sacrificed by heart excision and then male or female slaves who were, again, prepared for sacrifice in a slightly different way and then decapitated. Mm-hmm. Now, at the beginning, you said that you wanted to attempt to tie these examples into a, an understanding of the, of, of, of the human person. Do you want to make that leap for us now and say what these two examples might mean, if that's not too broad a question?
1: Yes. um, The reason why I got interested into all this is because the people with whom I've done all my fieldwork in the Amazon are very wire-like. They kill, and they kill to this day. Um, I was in Ecuador last spring. And um, an old couple I've known very well were spear-killed by uncontacted Indians. They had dozens of spears uh, thrown through their bodies, their skull. And in retaliation, um, a party of men I know very well, who think of themselves as Christian, who believe in God, went to kill, and killed, we don't know how many Uncontacted uh, Indians, so Indians from their own tribe but who uh, hide in the forest. And we are extremely sad about that because uh, the government of this country had created an area to protect the human rights of indigenous people who want to live in voluntary isolation. Um, so it creates a lot of issues with human rights and trying to understand why people commit this kind of crimes today Um, I have never witnessed myself but people have reported to me that in the traditional warfare a dying warrior would be buried with a child, a young child um, and this is something I have never been able to really interpret as an anthropologist, I've tried a lot of different kinds of analytical frameworks, Mm -hmm. (laughs) functionalist, a lot of them, but it dawned to me that if I were to look at it as a a sacrifice and look at it in terms of what Hubert and Morse and other anthropologists have written about sacrifice, what would I gain in my understanding of this particular ritual? Mm -hmm. That's how I got into the uh, Mexican-Nahua-Aztec sacrifice. What is interesting there is the word human. Um, uh, For us, obviously, there is no doubt that those are human sacrifices. (laughs) Mm. But can we say that ontologically for um, these very different people, um, that's what they understood they were doing? Mm. Um, We know from the Amazonian research we've been doing that uh, there is no human nature. Uh, Humanity is a position. It's a perspective Mm. on the world. And therefore, animals can be humans. They can adopt the point of view of a human. Therefore, there is no clear difference between what we call war and what we call a hunt. Mm. And I think that bringing this kind of epistemological issue as to what kind of categories we're dealing with uh, sheds maybe a new light mm. on sacrifice.
0: <laughs> it's absolutely fascinating. I'd love the opportunity to follow that more. Can I can offer one concluding question? And it's, it's the most general. We have a volume here called Sacrifice and Modern Thought. You've given us a hypothesis about very ancient sacrificial practice, we might say, what relevance might there be to modern thought? Is there any?
1: I think I can say two things about that. The first one is what other authors in the book also argue, because they have also talked about how these Aztec human sacrifices were received in Europe when they started to get known. And so the idea there is modernity exists in and through our understanding of the non-moderns, and it's very much part of our civilization to think about barbarians, if you want, or what we think about barbarians, a bit like the Greeks were doing. They were defining their civilization in contradistinction with those who were not Greek, therefore civilized around, themself, around them. Um, so in that sense, given that to this day you still have books written about the Aztecs, you have films made about them, it's very much part of our modern understanding of the world. I would add something to that, and that relates to what Uber and Moss were trying to argue. Um, these Aztec human sacrifices are not primitive in any way. They are not savage. We are not talking there about trying to reconstruct the origin of violence among humans or how our prehistoric ancestors be- behaved. We are talking about an extremely developed society. Uh, where city-state was actually more developed uh, had more technological achievements than many places in Europe. Mm. It was one of the high uh, hot spots of civilization. And the
0: Spanish were amazed, I think, when they laid yes. eyes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So as Hubert and Moss argue in their theory of sacrifice, sacrifice is a historical development.
0: Well, your chapter is called the Aztec Sacrificial Complex. And
1: um, Laura, it's been a fascinating conversation. So thank you very much for your time.